Bishrachem, so with everyone's permission, and happiest Friday. Today's Pelayaretz number 100. Right, and, and we're almost done with Bet. After 100 classes, we're almost done with Bet. Uh, Hashem should give us a zikhut to finish the whole. To finish the entire Pelayaretz. And today we are learning about Berur, Berur, which is collecting. Today's shiur is dedicated to Nishmat, Malka, Bajalinus, Hanna, Bachemuel, Shalomo, Ben Eliyahu, Zerubalen, Ben Gabriel, Tzivya, Bad Mashiach, Tamara, Bad Mashiach, Yosef, Ben Nisan, and David, Ben Aharon, Ruach Hashem, Tinechen, Obegan Eden. So today is Berur. Berur. Today, today is, uh, is uh, we're all Mekubalim today. We're all going to be Kabbalists uh, today. So, Yadua, the Pelio, it starts off by saying, it's known. He says, the entire purpose of man coming to this world and all of the exile that we're enduring and going through is in order to collect the sparks of Kedusha, the sparks of holiness, which have been spread out. Uh, since the time of Adam Arishon. So this is the, the basis of the Kabbalah, is that something based off the, the Chet of Adam Arishon and other, other events that happened, there are sparks, sparks of Kedusha which are hidden around the world. And it's the job of mankind, it's the job of men to collect those sparks of Kedusha through the mitzvot that we do and through the good actions that we do, we have to collect those sparks of kiddusha, and we and return those sparks of kiddusha to Hashem, so to speak. This is the the foundation of the of the Kabbalah. Is that there's sparks of kiddusha trapped everywhere. Each person is the only one capable of opening certain sparks of kiddusha. Um, this is the the premise. Every person, every person has a place in this world, and every person has a zechut to be able to release uh, certain sparks of kirusha. And nobody else can do what you can do. What one person is able to do, the sparks that one person is able to collect and release and bring back to Hashem, no other person is is able to do. It's it's made for him. Yeah, this is the, the answer of Kabbalah is yes. They will say, Hashem wants you to do this mitzvah in this place. And you get stuck in one place that, like, what, what am I even doing here? Hashem wanted you to do this mitzvah in this place. Hashem wanted you to say the, the bracha on this food in this place. Why? Why? How come? Because nobody else could have released that spark of Kiddushan. Nobody else could have done it. Only you had to do, you could do it, and you had to be in this place in order to do it. This is the, the foundation of, of Kabbalah. So, that's the fruit of all of our prayers, all of the mitzvot, and all of the learning that we do. And as we spoke about before, every time we eat and we drink, 
any stress that we have, any place that we randomly end up, we get exiled all over the world. Why do we get exiled all over the world? Because in each place of the world, according to the Kabbalah, this is the purpose of the exile. In every place of the world, there are sparks of Kirusha which still need to be released. Um, and return back to Hashem. Until those sparks are released, Mashiach is not able to come, and we're not able to go back into Eretz Yisrael. So in every country the Jews go, in every country the Jews are, we have to release all those sparks. Until those sparks of Kiddushah are all released, we're not able to bring back the Mashiach. So, Hakol hu to'elet gadol Therefore, any time a person goes through a difficult time, a difficult moment of why is it like this or why am I like that, a person has to work to accept it with love. Accept the stresses and challenges of, of life. It's part of the big plan. It's, it's part of Hashem's big plan. Berur, Berur. The second to last one of uh, Beth. Because all of it is nothing compared to the love that you can have for your Creator and doing what is good for Hashem. And there is no greater joy or, or so to speak, pleasure. We're using a mashal of pleasure. But there's no, uh, so to speak, pleasure um, that Hashem can receive other than that, other than the mitzvot and the faith and emunah that a person has even through difficult times and the mitzvot that a person does even through difficult times. How come? Because all of the nishamot and all of the sparks of holiness, so to speak, emanate from Hashem or are somehow connected and related to Hashem. And what? Alpi Kabbalah. We're all, everything's uh, according to Kabbalah today. And what's it like? Like a, a king whose sons and whose close friends and relatives went out into captivity, into the hands of the enemy. And they're stuck in this narrow place with, with darkness and with no hope. The king's pain is so great that my loved ones have been captured. My, my children or my close friends have been captured. The one who goes and releases his children, the one who redeems his children from captivity, he's doing, so to speak, a great kindness to Hashem. Great kindness to Hashem. And Hashem will pay back that kindness and will pay back that good that you did. This is what it's like according to Kabbalah. This is what it's like according to Kabbalah to the extent that our minds can, uh, can imagine. It's a mashal, of course, a mashal. It's not, it's not little. No, 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 no. The sparks of Kiddushah are the captive, are the captive children and they're stuck all over the world. So yeah, so this is a so in some ways, in some ways, yeah, it seems like it's against that foundation of the Rambam that Hashem is not dependent on us in any way. Hashem does not need us in any way. The Kabbalah 
comes to say, you have a purpose that Hashem needs you to be in this world in order to fulfill this mission, in order to get this done. This is the foundation of Kabbalah. In it's slight, it contradicts in some ways. It does. It contradicts in some ways. But the Kabbalah says. Yeah. The 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 Kabbalah says that. You are doing a goodness to Hashem. You're doing a goodness for God. If you don't help yourself, nobody helps you. So here it's talking about you're doing a goodness for Hashem. According to Kabbalah, you're doing a goodness for Hashem by re by releasing these the sparks of Kiddushah that are, so to speak, captive in the world. And, you're, and, and that gives Hashem a great... Not indebtedness to you, but more of a sense of you did good for Hashem, and if, and Hashem will give you're His messenger, you're achieving, you're achieving, and Hashem will give you bracha on for that for that good that you did. So umina tishma kama gadla ra'ata chote na bakol yisitot, and from here on Friday before Shabbat, from here learn how great is the, the evil of the sinner. Ovifrat, and especially, Bechet Shechvater Levatala. It says, the sin of Chas Shalom, a man wasting his seed. And according to the Zohar, according to the Kabbalah, it's the worst of all of the Avonot. It's very, very strong statements in the Zohar and the Gemara against it. So let's first start with, with the Kabbalah, and then we'll... Uh, and then we'll and then we'll see where we get. Now by releasing them in that way, by wasting his seed, what's he doing? He's doing the exact opposite of releasing them from captivity. He's putting them into captivity. He's putting them, he's putting those neshamot into captivity. So you're doing, as opposed to releasing the neshamot and doing, you know, anytime I say a bracha or anytime I do a mitzvah, there's a captured spark of kiddushah and I'm releasing it and bringing it back to Hashem. By doing this sin, I'm, I'm taking the spark of kiddushah, potential spark of kiddushah, I'm taking a neshama, not just a spark of kiddushah, potential for a neshama. And I'm putting it into captivity. I'm the one who's putting it into captivity. How much pain does that cause to Hashem? Because now they're locked inside a dungeon. And they're crying out. Uh, sorry, Noakim Nakar Khan, they're crying out uh, Hashem. Ushkinat so eket, and so to speak, the Shkina Hashem is crying from it. Me ten Roshim, Maim, and Nimi Kordim Avev, Kemal Khalevat Ami. So to speak, Hashem is saying, How much can I cry over the sins that my sons are doing and my children are doing? And about those sparks, David HaMelech writes in Tehilim, He says, let the cry of the captive come before you, Hashem, free them in your strength. Over this, a man should uh, fear and be afraid and run to do mitzvot in order to release those sparks of Kiddushah and run away from all sins, that all sins, so to speak, put the sparks of Kiddushah back into captivity. 
Uh, I will point out and I will say that there's um, there's a statement the the Rambam says it, but he says it in a cryptic way. But there is a, there is a tshuva, the response are written by the Shailoto Chuvot Pnei Yoshua. Who was the Shailoto Chuvot Pnei Yoshua? There's a very very famous his his great grandson uh, was the was who's the one who's actually known as the Pnei Yoshua, Rabbi Yoshua Heschel. They were, they were both Rabbi Yoshua. Uh, the great-grandson was named after his, his great-grandfather, the great Chacham. So the great-grandson wrote the most more famous book called the Pnei Yoshua. Pnei Yoshua is a commentary written on the Gemara in order to defend Rashi. That most of the time, his, what he does is when Rashi has a comment on the Gemara and others like Tosfot, would question Rashi, or why Rashi, well, they would question Rashi's explanation. The Pnei Yoshua wrote a sefer to defend Rashi. Rashi. He was, uh, yeah, he's like, like Rashi's attorney. This is the book of, of Pnei Yoshua. All of the issues of learn it. It's a very, very important sefer. Um, Rabbi Yoshua Heschel. His great-grandfather was actually the one who started the work. He wrote a sefer, Magine Shlomo. His book was called Protecting Shlomo. Well, Shlomo Rashi, Rashi Shlomo Yitzchaki. But he started the work of his great-grandfather. But his great-grandfather wrote a sefer, Shut Pnei Yoshua. And he has a fascinating tshuva, very, and I think a very important tshuva, uh, where he talks about uh, this sin of releasing uh, Shechvat Zera. And he says that there were, there were times that our Chachamim, they exaggerated how severe an Avon was and how severe a sin is because it's something that was common, because it's something that uh, people unfortunately do common and commonly and have difficulty controlling themselves. So they exaggerated how severe it was and would exaggerate how severe it was because it's something that you shouldn't do, but not so to, not, not so to speak that it's the most severe of every Avon possible. So, for example, he notes that Chachamim did the same thing by Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara, you see the same type of language, similar to when a person says Lashon Hara, he's a murderer, and he, the, the, the one who is saying, and the one who is listening to the Lashon Hara, even though he didn't even say it, there's just the one who's listening to the, and giving an audience to Lashon Hara, is a murderer, and, he, and they're, they're killing the person who's the subject of the Lashon Hara. So... Now, does it mean that you're an actual murderer? Does it mean that someone who says Lashon Hara, he actually murdered someone? It's actually as severe as someone? It doesn't mean literally it's actually as severe as somebody who murdered. It's giving an example because it's something that people commonly do and don't realize the severity of it. So Chachamim exaggerated how bad it is or exaggerated how severe it is in order to prevent people from doing it, in order to stop people from doing it. So he says it's the same thing with uh, Avon of Sheikh Bazer Levatela. He says there are many statements, both in Kabbalah and in Gemara, not just in uh, Kabbalah, also in our straightforward uh, Gemara, which exaggerates. You know, a person's like a murderer and he's mur horrible, horrible, and it's worse than any sin in the Torah. Is it worse than any sin in the Torah? It's not worse than every sin in the It's not literally worse than every sin in the Torah. And the commentaries point out. If, if a person was actually doing a sin with a woman that he wasn't allowed to touch, or, uh, which one is worse? O obviously, touching an actual woman or being with an actual woman he's not allowed to touch is much worse than Avonah Sheikh Batayla without a question. It's just sometimes, similar to Lashon Chachamim, it's Geoni, I think it's, it's a vet. It's a very important tshuva. 
for us to understand because people have such a sense of guilt um, over this avon to the point that they'll they'll stop keeping mitzvot because somebody told them that if you do this you're a rasha and you're an evil person and then so it's similar to lashon arats and it's just like that the shut I didn't say this and I'm nobody to say this who writes this the great grandfather of the Pnei Yoshua. He says that sometimes, uh, he says, just like Lashon Hara, this is the same thing, just like Lashon Hara, Chachamim made exaggerated statements in order to stop people from doing it. But, but not that it's literally as severe as the most severe Avonot of the Torah. But Chachamim made those statements in order to prevent people from doing something which is people were commonly doing. So, so we end off on a nice positive. Be careful with the brachot that you say on food. That every time you say a bracha, you're releasing a spark of kiddushah that's trapped in that food. And it's to the point, according to the Kabbalah, that this food that you're eating right now, you have the opportunity to release the spark of kiddushah that nobody else could. You know, when you're pouring coffee, the coffee that came into your cup, it, it's your opportunity to release that spark of Kiddushah. The other person who was going to drink this cup of coffee was not going, would, would not have been able to release that spark of Kiddushah. This is the foundation of the Kabbalah. So therefore be very careful to say the brachot properly. Because otherwise you're hurting that spark. You're hurting that soul by not being able to release it. Do all of your actions according to the will of Hashem. And follow the Torah with calculation and with exactness and with precision. The foundational principle of the Kabbalah is every person has a purpose in this world. Every person came to this world, to this, to this time that I was born. Yes, the fact that we have the zechutas to study, we can release a spark of Kiddushah right now that nobody else is, is able to release. So every person has a time and a place in this world and a mission and a purpose uh, to fulfill. And this is the foundational point of the Kabbalah. And this is essentially what we got to learn today. About Beirut. Shabbat Shalom and Varach. Have a wonderful Shabbat. You should always have a Sarat of what? I believe it's in the.